Welcome to another episode of Who Invited Her. We are San Diego's LGBTQ pop culture podcast. I am your host, Tony, and I'm here with my other host. Say hi, Miss Miriam T. Hey, it's she, her, me, Miss Miriam T. <laughs> She's back Favorite this week. clown dumpster. I know. <laughs> Much better than Michelada, right? Thank right. You. I'm so sorry I left you with her. <laughs> I blame you. Oh. And Eric is here this week. Say hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. <laughs> He's dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bashy is off this week, everybody. He will be back next week. Today's show, we have friends of the podcast all the way from our neighbors up north in Canada, Lex and Sadie, um, who are a transgender couple, are going to be joining us today. Um, Lex, they, them, is part of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence and a sex worker. And Sadie, she, her, is a drag queen and an associate professor in the Department of Women's Studies and Feminist research at the University of Western Ontario. So we're going to talk all about their lives, how they moved from San Diego to Canada. Sadie and Lex are here. Hi, you two. How are you? Hi. We're so excited to be here. I know. I'm so excited for this episode. I I missed y'all. I know. For people... I never um, thought I'd get here. (laughs) (laughs) For people that don't know, Lex and Sadie um, were here in San Diego for a long time, and they made the move to Canada, and that's where they're living now. They got married, and... That's where they are. So before we get into the meat of the episode, I wanted to get a little backstory on Lex and Sadie because we know I've known Lex for a while. Um, and I remember meeting Sadie at number one very randomly at a Minchilada show. And we were standing right next to each other and we're talking, just chit-chatting. And then later on, when you and Lex got together, I was like, I remember meeting Sadie at number one on fifth so randomly. Um, but you guys were in the scene here in San Diego for a while, and you made the transition up to Canada. Um, so when did you guys decide to make that move, and why? Okay. Um, so I'm from Toronto. Originally. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I went to UCSD for my PhD. Um, so that's when I lived in San Diego. I was there for six years. Um, and then, you know, the decision to come back to Toronto was, uh, I was graduating. Um, there are way fewer universities in Canada than there are in the U.S. Um, and I kind of knew more people here. I figured I'd have a better shot at getting a job out here. Yeah. And I have been working since I got out here. So um, that was kind of what was behind the move. And, you know, we got married. So that Lex mm-hmm. came with me. Yeah. Um, Lex, you were here. Where were you? Where are you from originally? San Diego? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, I grew up in San Diego. Um, I've never lived. I've lived everywhere in fucking San Diego. But... <laughs> okay. First, <laughs> what part of San Diego did you grow up in? Were you in Chula Vista? Um, Oh what God. part? Because <laughs> I'm a native too. You know that. <laughs> what part did you grow up in? Well, no. Um, Chula Vista. Yep. Chulawana. Me too. I was out there. Yeah, I mean, we grew up not far from each no, other. No, exactly. We did it. <laughs> um, so Chula Vista. Yeah. Um, I moved out of my family house when I was 17, and I moved to the not so great part of golden hills at the time 
Was it way before Golden Hills became hip and trendy? It was like My Golden hood. Hills. It was more like crack and meth. Right? Thank you. Nobody remembers those days. Yeah, but yeah, it yeah, was. yeah. Because the hip and trendy part was north of the 94. If you were south of the 94, like, so yeah. It, well, it's the girl. same with North Park. Remember, North Park used to be like, you go there to get drugs and shit. And now. Yeah, I used to live. For a while, I lived in the East Village, and I remember when the East Village Ooh. was the Tenderloin, and it was like all the trans, like street sex workers. Yeah. Like it was a rough scene. Yeah, it was a rough scene. And then now, now so when not I so moved much. down there, it had been completely gentrified. Yeah, we lived in a super cute building right on the island, and I'm like, but where are all the hookers? <laughs> where are the hookers? <laughs> So, so Sadie went back to Toronto before you did, right, Lex? And then yeah. how yeah. was the transition going from San Diego up to Canada? Like just the change from culture and everything for you? It actually isn't too bad. Um, people here are incredibly nice, like to a fault. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a SoCal kid. Yeah. Everything's like quick. <laughs> talk fast, get the fuck out of my way. Plus we're queer. We just do everything a step mm. and a half faster than everybody else. And here, like people, even if they're pissed at you will to a fault, be polite and be nice and function a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, get the fuck out of my way. But, <laughs> but it actually wasn't bad. Except for when they're driving. Oh my God. People drive here insane. It makes mm-hmm. LA look like nothing. Um, but the transition was really the transition was really easy. Um, the move itself was hard um, because I decided to drive cross country with one of my best friends, and um, you all know we have a bunny. Yeah. So she did not handle the um, cross country commute well at all. It. She almost died. <laughs> it was like a whole fucking mess. Oh, oh no. <laughs> but. So- how is how would you compare the queer community in Toronto in Canada compared to here in San Diego for you two? It's way less cohesive here. Um, it's a much really? bigger city. Okay, we have what six million people in That's just Toronto. Um, so it's a much less cohesive community. Also, at least for my personal experience and my opinion, um, it's much more broadly accepted here. Like her and I can walk down the street holding hands anywhere in the city and nobody bats an eye. It's not an issue. We're like in San Diego. There are parts of San Diego where like, even by myself, I wouldn't necessarily go. Yeah. And there's not that many that, you know, I'm not trying to say San Diego's bad. It's just, there's pockets where, you know, a trans person needs to be a little bit more cautious. Yeah, for sure. Right now. Here, I feel a lot safer, especially being a trans person of color. Um, it's much, much more inclusive here. Yeah. So people kind of just don't register what's happening. We live in the suburbs. Um, a lot of people in our building have kids. Nobody bats an eye when they see us. Kids talk to us. It's not like a big deal. How oh, That is so, so refreshing. It forms a less cohesive. I think it forms like a less cohesive community mm-hmm. because that lack of oppression doesn't force people together the way it does in other places. That Mm. makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, totally. Um, Another question, because we're coming up to an election and if the idiot in the white house gets elected again, you know, people are going to be like, 
we're moving to Canada. So how was oh, getting married? How was how easy was it to get married up there Can as a trans say? couple and all of that? <laughs> Can I just say that sure. people have been giving the we're moving to Canada line since George Bush got elected yeah. the first time? <laughs> I remember being at the Warp Tour and having some Americans being like, we're definitely going to be moving to Canada. We're not sticking around. And they always stay Stick the around. So, <laughs> the I'm Warp Tour. That's so funny, Sid. You bring up the Warp Tour. I used to go to the Warp Tour like every summer when it happened. Well, and why? that was a big concert um, tour here in San Diego. 91X, local station here in San Diego, put it on. They were one of the sponsors, right? If I remember right, from Warp Tour. Yeah. yeah. There was so many bands I remember seeing way back in you the know, day. Everybody time. was like really vocal. They had the Rock Against Bush yeah. records coming out. I and remember like, that. Oh, yeah. Fucking like, hate George Bush. <laughs> and I was just like, you're never going to come. And they never yeah. did. I wonder you know. if now, because Trump's a whole nother beast and it's a yeah. nightmare, literal nightmare, if people are more like really considering it but if if people wanted to move like how lex how you went up after sadie was there how easy was it to get married as a trans couple up in canada compared to maybe the u.s so here i'm not i to be completely honest i don't know what the regulations are for um trans couples trans identifying individuals to marry in Mm. the states um we got married here um it wasn't an issue. Um, they didn't question our documents. Um, I had all of my documents changed like years and years ago because I'm old. And um, <laughs> <laughs> old. But let's just put it that way. Um, so you know, all of my documents represent my my current gender, my my gender. Um, but you know, I don't know what it would be like to get married in the US. Here, it wasn't a big deal at all. We went in, we made an appointment at a chapel and uh-huh. we got married. And the next day we were at our attorney who we had already had a consult with and we started the paperwork. Wow, that easy. Canada, easy. Canada passed marriage equality in 2006, I believe. Oh, way before us here in the yeah. US, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. How, and Sadie, for you, how easy was it to get the to get your name changed at Ruiz to the to the last because I know here in the U.S. in a lot of states that is such an issue even for just gay couples getting married whether they're transgender or whatever it's it's so hard still here in the U.S. to do that in Canada how easy was it for you? Um, you know, it's so right now it's really easy if you want to get an X mm-hmm. if you're um, you know an X for non-binary. Um, the process to switch, like I did from M to F, is a little bit more complicated, but it's not necessarily, it's not so much difficult as it is like a lot of paperwork and things, you know, people get things wrong like two or yeah. three times in a row because, you know, people don't think automatically, oh, this person is transgender, that's what's happening here. And I just remember having to refile out the paperwork a couple times. Um, it took a good deal of time, but in the end it happened. It really wasn't that hard. Um, I mean, I didn't have my gender. Well, did I have, yeah. Fucking it up. Did I have my gender? No, I didn't have my name, my legal name change when we first started to file our immigration papers and we just had to like scan some documents when it finally 
went through and you know it, it actually i mean let us also let's also say we like got a really good lawyer because oh, i didn't see, that's good. That <laughs> yeah. so i um but overall we didn't have that much difficulty yeah i will say like having gone through the process in the u.s and then watching my partner go through it here they were dramatically different processes um, really? for me to get my name changed i had to go through a bunch of shit i had to um publish an ad in a newspaper in the city that I lived in for six months. It had to run for six months. I had to show proof of it to the court. I had to file um, an application with the court to have a legal decree of name change. It was like a big fucking deal. And it was really expensive for her. It was definitely more like you got a medical clearance and she went and filed the appropriate documents. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it was, I think I, out of pocket, I did it on my own without an attorney. I think I spent $1,200 just on legal fees. Holy shit. Are you serious? And that was was back in 2005. Wow. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And so now you guys are both in, you guys are both in Canada and Sadie, you're working at the university. You treat you teach a course in transgender studies. How has yes. that been? Like, what is what is involved in the course for people who are maybe even curious about taking the course? Um, so this is my second year running it, and because we're doing it online this year, I actually had to change a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a punk at heart. Like we already talked about it. You had a band. Uh, you had a band. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Um, and I like to do my courses with a lot of like, okay, people go and make something, make me a zine, make me something stupid. Right. Yeah. Um, but because we're doing it online, it's a lot more reading, a lot more kind of, um, you know, um, group commenting threads, yeah. um, you know, on particular articles. Um, but overall, you know, we're going to be talking about, the origins of gender as we know it today, you know, where these gender categories come from, um, how long people have been, you know, understanding themselves within this category of transgender. Um, We're going to be talking about some specialty topics like black trans identities, Mm -hmm. um, indigenous trans identities. Um, You know, it's sort of like a survey. It's, constructed as a very like introductory course okay that's well it's getting the knowledge out there that's what's important is getting mm-hmm. people aware and getting them educated about the topic which i think yeah, here so. there's a lot yeah. of people that may um hopefully we we answer a lot of questions in this episode but i think there's a lot of people who either don't know a trans person or feel comfortable enough with maybe their trans friends that they have to ask questions that may seem dumb but they just don't know where else to go to get the information do you know what i mean like so i'm hoping in this episode we can answer some of that some of those questions for people but i know um lex when you were here in san diego you did hair and makeup and which is if if you guys have not seen Lexa person, her face is amazing. <laughs> Their face is amazing. Like your makeup skills are 
like amazing. How did you now that you're in Canada? Did you st- are you still doing makeup and hair along with the sex work, or did you just transition into just doing sex work up there? So before we went into lockdown with, Panda, yeah. with the pandemic, um, her and I started a nonprofit that caters specifically to trans femme identifying individuals. And I let me back up for a second. I had hit a wall with doing hair and makeup mm. for cis women. I just <laughs> had enough. Um, it just, it just got old. Um, yeah. I've been doing it for a really long time. Um, when I was 15, I started working in cosmetics and at 20, I started doing hair. So, mm-hmm. you know, I did hair for 21 years. So I didn't know that you were 21 years past 21. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I just, I just was done with it. So when we moved here, you know, I'm grateful. I told her like, I don't want to do hair anymore. I'm done mm-hmm. with it. I need to move on to something else. Um, but I do enjoy makeup and being a makeup artist and working in the beauty industry, it became really obvious to me that trans women don't have access to the education and products in the same way that cis women do or drag queens. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a trans person and I recognize my, my cis passing privilege. I was working in cosmetics and I was able to access those things very easily, but that's not always the case for women who transition later in life or who are non-binary or genderqueer and play with their presentation, they may not feel comfortable walking into Nordstrom and going up to even the mat counter sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, it, the accessibility isn't there in all places. So I started to notice that when we first moved to Toronto, like everyone here is a little bit more conservative in their style. Um, when we first moved here, I stuck out a lot. I mean, I still do. <laughs> I stuck out a lot. You know, I've got the undercut. I half Which the I time love. I'm I love that too. <laughs> I know. I love it. <laughs> the undercut to me, the undercut is very signature Lex. That as as long as I've known you, that's like when I think of Lex, that's that's what I think of the undercut. I think it's only four years of having it, and it, it changes. It used yeah. to actually be my entire head, except for like a mohawk. Really? Um, oh, no, yeah. just this stuff. <laughs> it's I so hot. It. I love it. I know. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, you know, teaching her how to work with her makeup mm-hmm. um, outside of drag, because that was a, a learning curve for her. She came into makeup from the drag community and the way drag queens wear makeup versus the way trans femme identifying people wear makeup is very different. Um you need to be able to walk into an office or whatever your job is and feel presentable, but also not have like, you know, a fucking beard contour. Like it just doesn't work. Michelada. Michelada. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny because Lex and Sadie know Michelada. (laughs) Um, Last week's episode. Watch. You'll see what we're talking about. things like that it's it's learning to work with the topography of the face and so because i was here on my visitor visa being able to work really wasn't an option um Mm. i was here on my savings so even beginning to work really wasn't something i was pressed about i I had applied for my visa i was waiting so we started doing in person and online 
tutorials, both in groups and one-on-one, working with trans-identifying individuals who wanted to learn to either work with their makeup or hone the skills that they already had and do it in a safe space. So initially we were doing it here in our home. I have a full beauty vanity set up in the other room. Um, And for those who wanted to do it in their own home, we were doing it online and I would have Mm -hmm. them send me a list of whatever it was they were using and what their concerns were. So I could customize that class for them in, in advance. So that's been something that's, been a huge thing for me. It's it's been a great outlet for makeup. It's been great for me to connect with other trans people and feel like I'm able to give back because I spent a lot of my early trans life living in the closet, uh, hiding behind my cis passability, uh, especially working in you know a predominantly white affluent suburban area. I worked mm-hmm. up in North County, and oh, yeah. you know, if you spent any time in San Diego, you know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, you know, yeah, yeah. it's Republican. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, being, being brown and being trans, I, I relied on the fact that I could blend in. And now that I've gotten older and I'm much more comfortable with my identification, it's important to me to be visible. And this was a way for me to be visible and connect with other trans people in a way that actually served them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. How did, how did you trans transfer in from that into sex work? Um, Cause I know we're all like, yeah, I'm curious. I have questions on this. (laughs) Um, Okay. So um, it's kind of a two part thing. Um, I have a pretty extensive background in the kink community and fetish lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and moving here and being with a partner who that's not necessarily her kink. Um, and I respect that. That's not what our relationship's about. I kind of just put that aside. Um, when COVID started, we went into lockdown a few weeks before you all did. Okay. Um, so with my visa application pending my spousal visa, which would have allowed me to work and live here legally. Um, my visitor visa was coming to an end and, um, COVID started, we went into lockdown. So I was fortunate in that we already had an application in process. The Canadian government extended my visitor visa while I waited for my pending work visa. So I was here legally, but also unable to work. My savings had run out because I had planned about six, eight months and we were coming up on 10 when COVID kind of kicked yeah, in. Yeah. Um, it put my work visa about six months behind because oh, I should have gotten it at the end of March, but because of the way everything happened, we got an email saying that all immigration paperwork was coming to a stop so that they could handle repatriating Canadians who were stuck outside of the U.S. due oh, to the lockdown. Mm. So I was stuck without a job and running out of money. Um, so... Her and I talked about it and I was like, well, I'm like, I know how to do this and I can technically do it in the U.S. um, because I do only online work. Okay. Um, So, um, yeah. So I started doing just camming um, Uh with a U.S. website um, and then it started, you know, leading to other things. I still only do virtual platforms. Um, I do cams, 
private shows. It's basically like peep show. Yeah. Um, I'll do a custom Would, photo. Yeah. Would you have an Instagram account for your? I do. Yeah, for um, uh, Violet Femme, right? Violetfemme.ts. <laughs> yes. Um, I had to do the .ts, which I hate because <laughs> somebody had already taken like seventeen versions of Violet Femme. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was really stuck on the name too, so I was like, I'm not letting this go. As so, right now, while you're talking on the screen for everybody at home who's watching on YouTube, you're seeing it pictures of your instagram account for violet femme so violet femme when i I first saw this lex i was like look at the size of her waist she is cinched corseted Um, yeah and then i was like it's like all i was like god (laughs) i love it I every, I know I think it's so cool. It is so cool. It comes up on my stories, and I'm like, yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, I I live for a corset. Um, she makes fun of me because you know I'm not working. Yeah. Um, I got a new corset recently, and you have to season it, which is you've got to wear it repeatedly in order for the metal bands. Yeah. That run vertically, like here. Um, to start to bend and contour towards the body, which is actually what gives you like that really sucked in. Oh, really? wow. Miriam's like, what do you have to do? <laughs> I know her face is like, huh? Miriam, you're wearing, you've been wearing them wrong this whole time. I don't wear, cor- I don't wear corsets. I wear latex waist cinchers. I ain't got time for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it only has to be done if you're wearing a steel bone corset. Yeah. And I'm a fan of the steel bone corset. Um, That's old school. Steel bone. Is it like, is old yeah. school. And you have to get used to it because it does like press on like your ribs and it pushes. Ouch. Things. I know. Right. Um, yeah. So you get used to it. Um, and again, I've been wearing them for a long time. So yeah. that that wasn't a, a huge deal. Exa- yeah. Um, Miriam's like, mm, I don't mm. know about this. <laughs> I, my little, my little. They say they're steel bone. There's 25, but I don't think they're really steel bone. But my little, it works. It does. You know, you can tell when you take it off, if it stays in the exact same shape, that's how you know it's got steel boning. I don't know. Miriam takes hers off and you just just hear it. I take mine off and throw it. And it goes, oh, thank God. I'm leaving. <laughs> I you weren't here last week. I have to give you a hard time of some kind. Um, Eric, Miriam, do you have questions for Sadie and Lex? Um, Sadie, are you still doing? Um, what's the drag? I want to know. Of course, I'm just like I'm I know drag. You're going now. right to drag. <laughs> well, I met Sadie. The first time I saw Sadie was at. I want to say it was the first or second Whips and Fur. I think the second. Oh, Viva's show, yeah. Were you in? You never say her name right. It is I know, v- I don't. Vivi. It's not Viva. It's not Viva. Viva. Vivi. <laughs> I know. It's one of those. I always Whoa. mess my name up. Uh, Viva. Viva. Um, I'm just going to uh, call her the Force from now on. In, uh, were you in? Were you in? No, she's not the Force anymore. Oh, that's oh, yeah. right. She changed it. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> Okay, uh, you know, she blocked me. Let me talk to Sadie. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Miriam just <laughs> now she's in the conversation. Okay, hey. go ahead, Mayor. 
were you in the first Whips and First show? Is that where I saw you? I was in the second Whips and First show and the fourth Whips and First first show. I think I saw you in the second one. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, this kid's wild work. And then um, I think it was the next one that you made the rocket titties out of. Yeah. The rocket <laughs> out of. We still have them. Really? Mark, you made them out of like Snapple bottles, didn't you? Or yeah. something? The Snapple bottles. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was it. Um, they got really turned on and they started DMing me. They were something like, about a paper mache titty. I know. They were like, can I eat the <laughs> What are you doing Saturday? <laughs> Who knew that paper mache peach Snapple titties would be, you know, <laughs> would be the thing. It's engraved in our rings. And then. Sadie was in my Halloween show last mm-hmm. year, right? That's the one I you was were in, in the Valentine one. Yeah, because that's where I remember my seeing Valentine's Sadie, yeah. Day show last year, which was Heartbreak Hotel. Yeah. So we did. Uh, yeah. Um, she did an. Um, she did a very Canadian number with donuts, right? Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Robin Daggers from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, and, right. and, and, um, and a Bride of Frankenstein oh. number. Yeah, with the Tim Hortons hat on. Yep. <laughs> so, are you still doing much draggery or like, like well, before the world um, started? So, yes and no. Um, I haven't been performing much lately um, because I'm sure that's I've been the college working a lot. Um, yeah. Just because Lex has been waiting for their visa. So I've sort of been. Which I now have. Sorry. And I didn't include that in my story. <laughs> I do now have my visa. So I was kind of working to make sure that we kept going. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But the thing is that um, I'm working on a book about drag in San Diego. Um, So a lot of my kind of like drag work has actually been a lot of fun pulling that together and talking to, you know, um, the people. uh, I talked to Norma Baxter, um, who who anybody knows is the first African-American drag queen at the Showbiz Supper Club, which was Lips Before Lips. It was the first drag bar in uh, San Diego. I talked, I was talking to Nicole Maria Ramirez, a bunch of people. And I've just been, um, you know, in the drag mode, but also like kind of marrying the drag with the academic. Mm -hmm. I love Um, that. Yeah. So, is the book going to be is the book going to be tr- drag history in San Diego and trans history? Yeah, in San Diego? so it's sort of interweaving it. I got really um I'm really interested. So for those of you who know about I've been really big reading up on San Diego history cuz I just fucking love the city. Yeah. <laughs> did you Sadie, did you see that documentary that came out on P um PBS about the yeah. the history of the gay bars in San Diego and all that. Yeah, so I've been talking to Paul, and Paul's been getting yeah. who's the director. I've been getting some good stuff from uh, from him oh, about awesome. um, who to talk to. But yeah, so the book um, is kind of revolving around in 1966, uh, San Diego City Council passed a very wide-reaching anti-cross-dressing ordinance um, banning cross-dressing. Um, the first time they passed it, um, it was just like all cross-dressing. And then it was, and that one pl- passed with a split vote. Um, and then they changed it a little bit because people were worried about um, some 
shows like theater where there was cross-dressing um like you know there's some shakespeare yeah. stuff it's cross-dressing uh they said technically that's not allowed so they rewrote it as cross-dressing with the intent to deceive um so it was really targeting oh. trans sex workers um and that was kind of part of the kind of getting pushing the tenderloin towards the east village away from Horton Plaza where it was so they can make room for the Horton Plaza and the gas lamp redevelopment. All of that. Um, yeah. That happened in the seventies. Um, so my project kind of starts off with that in this moment where drag queens and trans people were kind of clumped together and marginalized the same, but then broken apart. You know, one was deemed exempt and the other one was not. And it kind of goes from there to see how these two histories interweave and also come apart. Um, because there are a lot of transgender drag queens um, who, you know, in histories about trans people and versus histories about drag, one and the other don't usually get discussed. So my idea was to kind of talk about the two of them together. I love that. Yeah, that is very, you're, you're absolutely right, Miriam. Totally fascinating. I, that is a book I would read. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to read that too. But right? Tony, you don't know how to read. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, is there going to be an audiobook version? Is there going to be an audiobook version? <laughs> Only if Violet Femme narrates. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fuck yes. It's going to be a live reading at $3 a minute. <laughs> um. So I want to go back to um, Lex's um, camming. So what is some of the I'm curious of the clientele. <laughs> Do you get a lot of um straight or women, men, bisexual, binary? What is your clientele? Uh, I'm really curious about this. Right? Oh my god, Republicans. Um, <laughs> right. It's, it's like all Republicans. Yeah. I have a regular, I have a regular who yeah. is fascinated. So for Violet, I use she, her pronouns, and uh -huh. I play up the full fantasy femme. Like, I play oh, the dumb yeah. bimbo, and I giggle at their stupid jokes. And Really? Yeah. <laughs> I do the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I have a client. Um, he always wants a private, and so when we do our privates... He's sitting at his desk in what I assume is his office, and there's a huge Confederate flag on the wall behind him. Wow. <laughs> really? And, like, yeah. One time he was wearing a MAGA hat. Um, and his wow. thing is he really <laughs> wants to get fucked by a brown trans girl, Miriam leans in. <laughs> I know, Miriam's like, I'm listening. Um, and Miriam's like, that's my, notes. <laughs> that's my uncle. That's my uncle. It is all the He's way from Arkansas. If it is my uncle, I fucked him first. <laughs> um, oh yeah. My God. So, you know, I, I have to kind of put, unfortunately, I think as, as a trans sex worker, we sort of have to compromise our ethics a little bit. We have to be willing to, like for myself, I identify as non-binary. I use mm -hmm. they, them pronouns. Um, as Violet, I fully lean into she, her, and I have to let them objectify me because really? that's why I make my fucking coin. Yeah. So, you know, the more of the fantasy they buy into, the easier it is for me to take their money. 
Um, so yeah, I've got him. Um, I've got guys. Um, so I have a, a pretty heavy background in BDSM, DDLG, like that. What's DDLG? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's um, it's <laughs> daddy, daddy, daughter, little girl. Shut Not up. Are you work. serious? So, yeah. So there's varying spectrums of where you identify. Um, Tell them on, what CBT is. Yeah. Well, I'll get to that in a second. So, <laughs> what fuck is this CBT? One at a time. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I have so many one questions right now. Time. Okay. So if you're a dom, so that's why it's DD. It's dom daddy. So you don't necessarily have to be mask or a man. It's you're a dom. And then LG is, or, and there's also LB, which is little boy. Um, so what it is, is it's an adult who role plays a younger age. So for my client and my background with the DDLG community, I identify as a middle, not a little, um, okay. with an M. Um, so that's more of like a teenager. So I say that Violet's middle is a 16 year old. And I totally play like the, I'm 16 and I want to be a slut. And I wear like, you've seen some of the photos. I wear like a corset and a schoolgirl skirt with like a harness and dark lipstick. And I lean into that whole fantasy and they get to live out some kink that they, <laughs> that they like. Know. And they want to dominate you in that role. Um, so there's also the other side of that where um, I play femdom which is a femme who's dominant. Like a dominant, so, like dominatrix um, style? Like a yeah. Okay. So like I have a client um, who likes to play the, like the boy side of DVLG and he calls me mommy and likes what? to <laughs> and he sends me pictures of him in like lace panties and videos wow. and when we FaceTime, I call him a little girl. I love it. <laughs> I say like really degrading shit to him um, because it's what gets him off. Yeah. Uh, he also likes to send me videos of himself like prancing around the house in like panties and high heels and fishnets. And so <laughs> we also do a little bit of what's called fin dom. You're making, Lex, you're making Miriam's oh. day right now. She is yeah. having all of it. Miriam's going to like this part. Miriam's going to like this part. So I also do Findom, which is where whenever he wants to send me content and I'm not working or even if I am working, if he wants to send it to me like a photo or a video, he has to pay me in order to send it to me. Hello. There Financial you go. Domination. Right. So... So that's the rule. Um, and he can see whether or not I've opened it through the messenger that we use. And so if there's not a tip attached to that content, I won't open it. Yes. Wow. Um, yes. <laughs> in fact, this morning while we were getting ready, it was funny because I got a message from him. I got an alert. And so I checked it and I didn't even open the message. And I told her, I was like, oh, I just got some coin. Like, <laughs> because he bought new panties and he had to show me. So yeah, show <laughs> yeah. Um, I have guys that are into CBT, which, which is cock and ball torture. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he likes to set, he uses his phone to cam me and he sets it between his legs. Like, 
So I'm basically looking up at his junk Mm -hmm. and he likes to take rubber bands or his phone cord, like charger cord and wrap it around his junk. While I say really degrading shit to him about, you know, the size of his genitalia. Um, I instruct him to abuse himself, whether it's to hit himself (laughs) or to slap, twist, pull, punch, tighten the rope, like whatever. Um, So I do, I do that. I'd be, I see, I want to do that to somebody. I want to just belittle them. Rob. Oh my god, that would be you know, funny. Everyone thinks, everyone thinks that gonna... I, I did it to my plant in the background. <laughs> you did that's why it's right? dying. So, uh, to be completely honest, so like you know, with my background being a submissive, when I started to to lean into the femdom stuff, it was hard. I thought, oh, it'll be super easy to talk shit to guys. Like yeah. men have been treating me like assholes their whole lives. Like I'm used to being abused by men. I can turn this around it's a lot harder than you would think because when you're in the moment where someone's actually jerking off based on what you're saying, you've got to keep going quickly and it has to sound organic. Yeah. So it's definitely taken some practice. Um, How do you, how do you prepare for that mentally? Like how is it like getting ready for a show and like you're getting in the character? It's funny because I, I call sex work. I call sex work my drag. Um, you know, I don't, I don't do performance drag, which I guess sex work is technically performance. Um, what I do is I set up my cam and everything. Um, and then I pick out what I'm going to wear, lay it out, and then, you know, shave my legs. It's like a whole thing. A like process. I've got music on. It's, it's a whole process just like getting ready for anything else. Um, wow. I come in the room. The bedroom is my, my office. Um, <laughs> My, my at-home office, um, you know, I close the door, I blast music, and um, as soon as I sign in, it's like I'm on. And yeah. they're paying me to be Violet. You know, they don't give a shit about what Lex has got going on. They don't know anything about Lex. Um, you know, they don't know that I'm married. They don't know where I live. Um, on my account, I just have it set to... Um, the US. Mm-hmm. So they can't, they don't even know where I am. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So it's literally I'm playing a fucking character. Like that's wow. what it is. And I have to do that in order to make coin. Yeah. yeah. How is it for you, Sadie? Like, how is your mindset knowing that your, your partner does this? Like how, how do you view it? She fucking loves it when I walk <laughs> around the house with my bloody outfit. I bet. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I've always been really supportive, you know, um, I think like whether or not Lexi was going to do it was never a question for me. Mm-hmm. It was always like, how do I best support you while you're doing it? Um, what are the things that you're going to face that I'm going to need to help you talk through? Um, what are, um, what are the kinds of like, the struggles, emotional struggles that get attached to that. Uh, you know, we've been having a lot of discussions about gender identity um, because, you know, Lex has sort of been straddling two different worlds almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's just, the question for me was never so much, um, how do I feel about sex work? It's how do I support you while you're doing sex work? Oh, I love that. 
That yeah. is so, that's so cool. She's I love been that. incredible. In the beginning, when I first started, I definitely struggled just for a few days um, with the dealing with allowing myself to lean into all of the misogyny, transphobia, cissexism, you know, misgendering. Mm. Um, you know, coming to a place where you identify as non-binary isn't always easy, especially being someone that's trans femme. Um, you know, it's most of my family, most of the world knows me looking like this. Mm. So for me to say, you know what, I don't identify as a woman anymore. People are very attached mm. to your presentation and they think that because you have boobs and you wear lashes, well, then you have to be a girl. Um, yeah. You know, and a lot of a lot of my presentation has changed since we've moved here. Um, mm. You know, I've ordered a binder. I even when I wear makeup, my makeup will change depending on, on my presentation. I often present sort of mask of center and that's why I dropped the eye off Lexi and, and that mm. just doesn't fit me anymore and neither does she, her. So when I started to do sex work and I had to lean into that, it was, it was hard. It was hard because yeah. I felt a little at odds with myself. Like, am I doing myself a disservice? Am I doing other trans women a disservice? Because you know, I'm letting this guy call me a tranny because he's paying me like, you know, mm -hmm. and so you come to a place where you start to sort all that out. And she's been really helpful in helping me set up boundaries for myself and for Violet. Yeah. You know, when I'm camming, I now use they them for the most part, unless okay. it's a regular who I'm comfortable with and they call me she her. But also like I have I can pin like a comment or something I have a thing that says like, I'm not going to tolerate racism, transphobia, you know, abusive language. I had a call last week. Someone was being extremely verbally abusive and I was able to block them and um, it actually blocks their ISP. So they're not able to get in contact with me again, but it still fucked with my head. Like when I left yeah. that call, it was, it was really traumatizing. And I have, yeah sexual assault in my background mm. you know i have been assaulted and it triggered all of that for me and i don't know how i would have dealt with that had i been alone or had i not had a partner like her that was so adept at dealing with it yeah. she really sat with me and took the time to talk me through it and that's important i can't imagine what being a trans sex worker is like when you're functioning on your own yeah. because i get to put that away i get to close up violet and put her the fuck away. Yeah. And I get to go back to being Lex and put on a fucking t-shirt and my boxers and sit in the living room <laughs> with my wife. Like, that's my reality. Yeah. So Violet is not my reality, but it, for trans women who, who it is their reality or who work with clients in person, I can't imagine how difficult it is. Yeah, it's gotta be a yeah. whole... I That is so true, Lex. Like... It's 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 really interesting hearing your take on it and having Sadie as your partner and having somebody you can talk to about all of this and get feedback and kind of set you ground you. But for uh, the trans wor workers out there, or sex workers who don't have that, I mean, where do they turn to? Who do they turn to? Um, do you know what I mean? Do you decompress afterwards, or do you find that like you can kind oh, of just yeah. gotten so better? Like, you know, when I'm done, when I'm done with Violet, um, my laptop, I, I don't do anything that requires my laptop. You know, I do everything from my phone like everybody else. 
So my laptop I use for work. Um, you know, when I'm done being Violet, my laptop gets put away, out of sight, out of mind. Um, you know, I move my tripod mm. and my ring light, and I take off whatever I've been, whatever I've got left on. Um, I take that off and I shower, and it's those things have to happen in a way for me to sort of step out of Violet the same way that I walked into her. Wow. Um, okay. And. I can't imagine, you know, I, I'm fortunate and, and privileged that my partner is trans and trans femme, and she's able to talk me through a lot of those things. So yeah, for, for trans women that don't have access to that, yeah, I would say to look at things like trans life has peer counseling, has a hotline, um, call, call services that are trans positive, that are trans focused and, and get support. Because while I don't do in-person work, I can't, I can't even imagine what that entails. Um, I only have one friend that does in-person clients and, you know, she's been lucky. She's had no incidents where she's been assaulted or abused, but that's not always the case. Very Go true. Lifeline.org. There's a phone number. What call. is it again, Sadie? Give it again. Lifeline.org. Good to know. Good to know. And I have a, since we're talking about um, trans life, I know a lot of people are going to ask, how does trans two trans women in a relationship work? And you know, there's going to be those people who are listening, watching, and very curious because they think of it as you're either gay, you're lesbian, binary, non-binary, straight. So how does that work with two trans women? Well, or we your guys, or your two also. experiences. How does that's that work? Thing that I think gets gets washed over. Um, just because you're trans, it doesn't define your orientation. Um, we have different orientations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we have. Um, you know, I mean, in terms of like the how does it work, it isn't so much a how does it work as it as a what do you call it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because it, people it, are like, I don't know if you're gay or lesbian. Yeah, which one's the man one? <laughs> exactly. That's, that's exactly. The, you know, so, you know, that is like, how it works is exactly how you think it works. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know there's going to be people out there who are wondering, like, does yeah. that mean you're both lesbians? Does it make you gay? Does it make you binary? Does it make you that's I think people have a mindset because in the English language, there is no word for if you are not female, if you're not male, you're in between. There is no word for it in the English language. Right. So how do you um, transbian. 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 I love that. Transbian's <laughs> perfect. Birthday, I should have worn them. She gave me a pair of earrings that are yeah. laser cut and it says transbian on the earring. They're these oh huge. Oh my God. Pictures. I love that. Um, That's great. I, so, you know, we were talking about my participation with the sisters. Um, yes. Which we want, we I, haven't talked about. I'm very curious well, about this. Good, Lex. Good tie -in. Um, you know, with the sisters being a trans femme, identifying non-binary person, um, right. That's a lot. Um, I know. <laughs> the person is a stretch, but you know, right. <laughs> Our but, needs to be human. Yeah. Um, 
So, so it's the sister's uh, pet- um, perpetual indulgence, right? Is the uh, is the organization perpetual indulgence? Yes. Um, so give a so brief for people who may not know the organization. Maybe this is their first time ever hearing about the sisters. Let them know exactly what the organization is, what they what they raise money for, the whole goal behind it, and how you Lex got involved with them. So the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence started in 1979 and it was started in San Francisco. Um, And it was started to contrast the, what was called the Castro clone. And we're all really familiar with it. It's been Mm -hmm. adapted. We see it in Hillcrest. It's, you know, the guys fist pumping at riches. It's just, it's that (laughs) gang. You know, every community has them and (laughs) <laughs> with that. And so, you know, we deal with when, when you're not part of the mold, when you're not part of the, the social construct and you stick out, you get othered within your community. Mm-hmm. So the sisters was started to contrast that and to create inclusivity. So in 1979, a group of sisters, and they, at that point they weren't wearing white face. Um, if you all are familiar with them, they dress sort of like a cross between a drag queen, a clown, and a nun. And white face with lots of like crazy makeup. Um, you know, they weren't doing the white face, but they were wearing habits and they were walking through the Castro. And mm-hmm. the main goal of the sisters still is the main tenet is to expiate stigmatic guilt and promulgate joy. So to remind people that you're not what society expects from you or what society tells you you have to be. You're so much more than that. And there is space for you. You are loved. And that's what the whole goal of the sisters is. And that's really, that's center stage, like above everything else. Mm -hmm. They do also raise money for queer nonprofit organizations. They are themselves a licensed nonprofit. And almost every major city in the U.S. has one. And it's starting to follow suit here in Canada. Wow. That's great. So I belong to the Acolyte group, which is when you join the sisters, it's sort of a four stage process. Um, And that's to prepare you for the things that we do as sisters or that you will be doing as a sister. Also to like acclimate you to the way to deal with things when you're out in the community. Um, So the first stage is aspirant where you're kind of just a groupie. You're hanging out, you're having Mm -hmm. fun, but you're not really affiliated. You're just there in your normal street clothes being yourself. Um, The next stage is postulant, which is where I'm at. I'm actually up for uh, what's called elevation right now, which is where you're moving from one part of it to the next on your, on your path. Um, As a postulant, you are wearing some sort of clown costume, white face, and either a wig or a hat. You all have seen me in face, and I do a whole, like, witch thing. I wear this giant Wizard of Oz conical hat and dress super witchy. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where I'm at. And that's where you're learning from a sponsor. You're learning from a sister who has built her, what's called mission, her community, her work. And so you're learning from her and you're learning how to interact with the community. So for me, being trans and being a person of color, that's who I gravitate towards. I really want to be visible for trans femme individuals, specifically TPOC individuals 
so that they know that there's space for them. Because right now, especially with everything in such a culture shift with politics being a fucking disaster and everything sort of being really tumultuous, um, trans trans femme identifying individuals are really starting to feel sort of othered within, within the communities. You know, we're starting to get pushed out of spaces in the belief that we're there to appropriate cis male space and we're not. So I want to be visible to that. And that's what I'm learning to work with. That's who I'm learning to work for the next stage, which I'm hoping to elevate to is novice sister. And, you know, in San Diego, we're fortunate. We have a really prominent house. Mm-hmm. You'll see the sisters out. If they're wearing a white veil, it means they're a novice sister. Oh, really? Okay. I always they're wondered about that. Sister. Because yeah. especially during um, Pride, well, now in COVID, we don't, we're not out social. We don't see the community out as much as we were. But before we saw them at all of the major events in Hillcrest, they were always out. And they were always the ones that had either the full window, like full on nun look. Then there were the ones like you selects that had just the white. Baby clowns. Yes. And then there are the ones that always hung around with them, but never in face. So it's very interesting for you to describe the, the different tiers that the sisters have. Cause I did not know that there was different one, like different stages yeah. that you have to go through for it. So that's very interesting to me. So the next stage is novice where you actually are starting to put together a project and facilitate things within the community so that you can eventually become a fully fledged member. And as a junior member, like I don't want to speak to like any sort of like what the organization stands for. I definitely encourage you if you're interested or if you want to donate to check out their websites in San Diego, it's sdsisters.org. And they're a really, really amazing group of people. Miriam is familiar with a lot of them because they're really intertwined with the drag community. Um, It's basically just a bunch of queers who want everybody to feel loved. Like that's, that's the goal. I I love that. And, um, I, it's already like hitting an hour and like we didn't even get through half of the stuff I wanted to talk to you, you two about. But I know, seriously. <laughs> uh, Miriam and Eric, do you have any additional questions for Sadie and Lexi that we didn't cover or I'm forgetting? When are you coming back for a visit? Yeah. <laughs> no. As soon as we <laughs> can. Okay. Yeah. Good. How about you, Eric? So, yeah, I'll be back in San Diego sometime, hopefully soon. Oh, yay. My family's there. And y'all are there. (laughs) Eric, any final questions? Yeah, I was going to say, kind of going back to the makeup stuff, is like um, when I was kind of researching for the show, I know that there was, and you touched on it, there's not a lot of... um, places for resources and people to follow. So who was kind of some of your inspiration? I mean, obviously if you're a listener, they should go follow you, but like, who, who do you like and where do you find your influences and inspiration from? Um, you know, there isn't anyone in specific that I can like really like reference. Um, as far as my like makeup inspirations, like Lisa Eldridge is a huge makeup inspiration for me. If you're not familiar with her work, she really works on minimalism, which okay. For trans femme people, it's really hard because we look on YouTube and we see drag tutorials or we see trans girls who have had facial feminization, but they're also painting in front of a ring light. 
So they look like this. And this isn't something you're going to wear to the office when you work at a bank. So <laughs> learning to work with like the least amount of product possible is a huge thing. Mm. Um, so Lisa Eldridge is great. Um, she's not trans. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of trans makeup artists that really do a wearable day face. Lex and That's Sadie, are you are you still doing the classes for tra the trans beauty? Are you yeah, guys still offering those? Absolutely. Um, we're trying to keep everything obviously socially distant and yeah. do everything online but yeah if there's any trans listeners who are in <laughs> bracelet just exploded and like um if there's any trans listeners who are interested and want to set up something please message us dm us yeah. um there is no charge it's something that i do because i'm passionate about it um and I'm willing to work with people in terms of time and days and then also working with what you already have so that mm -hmm. you're not running out to buy a bunch of crap that you probably yeah. don't need. And then yeah, Sadie, I love that. I love that you recommend brands and products yes. too. I think that's really great. Very like there's important. even stuff that I use. I'm like, I use that tinted moisturizer. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So that's really cool. <laughs> there's so much stuff out there. It's hard to know what to grab. We really exactly. love DCM, which is a Toronto-based brand. Yeah. Love them. Um, great skincare. Yeah. DCM is great. And, and it's at a really accessible price, too. Yeah. And we hate Jeffree Star. Throw out all your Jeffree Star stuff. <laughs> I can't stand him. That is a whole nother thing. Is he a racist or because oh, he's a God. I can't Marcus stand that <laughs> Sadie, I was going to ask um, you before before we get to Carol of the Week. Um, your classes, how often are you doing the classes? Because I know I just saw on your Instagram you posted that you just started the trans study one. So if people yeah, that are so listening in Canada want to take one of your trans study classes, how do they go about doing that? So it's pretty much, I mean, I'm not, um, I'm what you call a like, well, I guess I'll call it a part-time worker. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I can host them is beholden to when the institution decides that they want to run it. Yeah. Um, so, so far, this is the second year that in the fall term at the University of Western Ontario in London, um, I am holding it. And last winter at the University of Toronto, I held a similar class uh, oh. for the Women and Gender Studies Institute. Um, so I'm hoping to do more, um, but honestly, I don't know. It's not really yeah. up to me. Um, Especially but, with everything with COVID going on and schooling and all of that. Yeah, I'm sure that you know, it might be it. cool for me to figure out a way to make it just like some online lectures or something. Yeah. Um, when I have time, when I'm not writing a book and doing. How is the book going and when are you expecting? Because I'm sure it's like a shitload of research for the book. Um, how yeah. is the book coming along and when when do you plan on um, finding an end date for it in a publisher? Um, so good portions of it have been written and passed through multiple editors because I did like a basic version of something like it for my dissertation, mm -hmm. which I defended this past November. So that already went through all of my um, advisory committee at UCSD, which is like six people. And then I also have an article coming out soon um, about 
me and my friend strawberry corn cakes that you've had on the show. Yeah, she's yeah. been a past guest. I love her. That's so, it. If people haven't listened to that episode, Black Man or Black Girl, or it was a Black Drake Magic. I forget the name of the episode, but it was a great conversation. I sat down and had with strawberry corn cakes. It was a one of like a really fun episode like that was a really good one go back and check that one out but you and corn cakes have been um friends for a long time right sadie yeah um actually pork uh strawberry and i like we didn't actually meet each other but we were both at a mickey blanco show Uh um at soda bar and i think it was 2016 (laughs) or something and we like Strawberry was in the background of one of my photo with Mickey. <laughs> it was just like a weird, if anybody doesn't know Mickey Blanco, they were like a really fantastic queer rapper. Yeah. Um, and then I started going to the cornball. Um, <laughs> I think I walked in one of them. Yeah. I walked in two of them. Didn't win anything. <laughs> um, no. Nadia thought really cute. win at the oh. cornball though. Nadia <laughs> 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 uh, So yeah, the chasers. Strawberry and I had been friends for a while, and you know, um, we're friends outside of drag, which yeah. is great. And the article that I wrote was about um, this really fun time we had on our birthday and a really interesting conversation. We had where Stra- where Strawberry called my drag political in a way that kind of called hers not political. Mm-hmm. Um, so the talk, the conversation is about that word political and how there's kind of like a whiteness that gets attached to doing something that's political or an activist. Um, and you know, obviously, with Black Drag Matters and with the um, you know everything post George Floyd, I think that. Um, a lot of our black drag queens are having the confidence to call their work political and to claim it as such. Um, but that wasn't going on. So mm-hmm. before, so that article should be coming out soon. Um, but anyway, all that shit's going to go in the book. So I have all that stuff written. Hey. Um, but I'm also trying to get some money <laughs> so I'm for grants right now. And if I get money, then that right. makes me take longer. Because I have money to sit on. Then <laughs> it'll come out quicker. Because I don't I, have money to sit people on. send us send money. Send money so we get this send book <laughs> of of San Diego drag history and trans history out. That would be amazing. Um, yeah. but you guys, we're gonna finish off the show today, and Lex knows this segment that we do because she listen or they listen to the podcast it is time you everybody for carol of the week Carol, for once in your life, shut your damn mouth. I love the Carol dancer, <laughs> Miss Marion T. Yes, and for people who don't know what Carol is, Carol is your gripe of the week. The one thing that just pisses you off that you just got to get off your chest. So we're going to get through some really quick Carols, everybody. Um, who wants to go first? Who has a Carol? I have a Carol. Okay, Eric, you go first. Set it off. So Set it off. I am, I am my own Carol because this week I went to Richard's. <laughs> or my Carol, too. <laughs> and mine. No, I always am. Um, I went to Rich's and I literally ate my own words because 
I didn't really want to go because, you know, the crowd and the scene yeah. of riches isn't, you know, always my thing. But it was the outdoor lounge is so cool and so beautiful. Absolutely yes. stunning. And stunning. so clean. And and the staff was really amazing and yeah. really on top of it. I had a really great time and felt really safe. So I am my own Carol for talking shit on myself for that. So. And there's a lot of the staff, Kixie Vixen Salzen, um, I always say her name wrong, Naomi's Daniels. They both are, they work there, right? Right, Miss Miriam T? Yeah. And Keeks yes. and Evelyn. Evelyn, yes. Uh, Ella. Yes, a lot of the friends of the podcast are there. I um, had a <laughs> and i've i've heard the the with riches like the staff and riches themselves is on top of it as far as keeping everything safe within the covid and everything happening but as the patrons the people that go they make sure you follow the rules wear your mask social distance and all of that good stuff what about you miss Miriam t do you have a carol this week I sure do. Oh, no. Uh, Here we go. My Carol is people that are not confident enough in themselves to validate their own existence or their own artwork and have to lie, stir up shit, and cause false controversy to get validation for their lack of artistic ability. Do you want any names? Names? No? No. Okay. Do they know who you're talking about? (laughs) Uh, I mean, I don't know if they listen to the podcast. I know. (laughs) <laughs> um, the people in the community that listen to the podcast will know exactly who I'm talking about. I think I know who you're <laughs> talking Validate about. yourself. I Sid. think I know. I think who I know. Stop <laughs> like, being such a nuisance. Yeah. How about yes. Lex and Sadie? Do you both have a Carol of the Week? Um, I'm going to let Lex take this one because <laughs> I didn't know that we were supposed to prepare something. This I is failed. The first time that I've talked to my homework. And I'm really embarrassed. Lex knows so this. Lex knows this segment very well. <laughs> Go ahead, Lex. Let's hear it. So my Carol of the week, dude. When you fucking DM someone, have more to say than "Hey." <laughs> Ain't nobody's pussy getting wet over "Hey." <laughs> hey, just Venmo me, bitch. Don't even say "Hey." <laughs> Oh, what was that? I bit the wrong button. <laughs> Take oh, the soundboard away from Grandpa. Here. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, DM. Say, hey, although I talked to Rob about this last yeah. night, uh, I did get a DM from an adult film star who wants me to. I what heard this. About, uh, who wants me to uh, shoot with him? And it's a uh, very popular. Trans, he's very popular, star, yeah. and he's not done any trans films before. Miriam, I'll DM you some photos. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't even think like about this, Lex. Just, this is he looks totally like he's just out of prison. He is Miriam's bag. It's totally. Oh, I just didn't think about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. well, so will, are you considering it, Lex? Lex, are what? you considering doing it? Yeah, if you can give me some fucking coin. Hell yeah, why not? Yeah. Um, I mean, it is what it is. We've talked about it. And why not? You know, it's not. Would you venture hurt. into the world of porn? If this. That DVD that goes around the Hellcrest. Wow. 
<laughs> I love Tantine. That's going to be Girl, mine. I miss you so Fuck much. That. If I, I do porn, I'm buying billboards. I'm there putting my go. shit on a billboard. I want everybody to know. <laughs> yeah, That would be, and this is a pretty big porn star. That we're not going to say his name yeah, or anything yeah. like that, um, but it's a legit porn star that reached yeah, out waiting, to you. So. I'm waiting to get an offer and contract and all that. Nice. So, Wow. <laughs> so my Carol of the Week is <sighs> people who have kids. Just because you have kids does not give you a pass in life. Does not mean you don't have to follow the rules. Does not mean that you get special treatment because you have offspring. I am sorry, but that no. Like it's I am using this baby. example because I was driving down the road to get to our house and this this gentleman and his young daughter were in, literally he had her riding on her bike in the middle of the street i was doing the speed limit and he yelled at me for coming too close to them when they were literally i rolled down my window and i said get the fuck out of the middle of the street and then i got yelled at for <laughs> using the f word in front of his daughter and i said i don't fucking care get out of the fucking street just because you have a kid doesn't mean you own this whole street oh it drives me crazy uh, absolutely crazy just because you have a kid breeders because they forget to pull out <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's like, like about the miracle of birth. Sex with a trans wow. girl. That way she can't get pregnant. <laughs> there <laughs> you go. <laughs> but it drives me crazy. Like I, I have a I have a surprise <sighs> announcement. Yes. I am pregnant. You are? So is Rob. <laughs> Nobody knows. Abortion's legal in in Canada. Hi, I'm here too. Your mic is off. I always forget to. Hi, I'm here too. Yes, oh, Rob. Rob. And I, I know, I know, we're near the end of, of of the show, but I just wanted to invite you both back on whenever you want. There's so yes. much to cover. I know we didn't get into a lot of stuff, but um, you could be our Canadian correspondents. Yeah, and, yes. and keep us informed on what happens in the Great White North. That's now the weather is similar but more humid. <laughs> oh god! Because oh, so for people who are listening, I had a list of questions and topics that we were going to get to with Sadie and Lex, and we literally not even got through half of the list. There is so much more to cover with the two of you. You are welcome back on the show anytime you want. Yeah. I really want to do a follow up episode and really, really dive in to some of the topics we did not get into like um is he is he queer we didn't even talk about that lex <laughs> and that was wow. i had questions for that um so you guys you had you both need to come back on the show again um share a lot of the stories and i'm sure lex is gonna have a lot more <laughs> with the cabin um I but you know. but y'all how do people reach the two of you if they want to get in touch with you and all of that stuff where they can then find you both on social media instagram at sadie pins it's like safety pins but my name sadie pins <laughs> there you go and oh, also at beauties.trans.services for our makeup yeah. shit yes go check both of those instagram pages out and lex how do people find you um so for lex you can find me at quaffed and glossed it's c-o-i-f-f-e-d underscore and underscore glossed shut up it's actually, <laughs> actually and, private so you can't and i'm private but um my sex work page 
is Violet Femme, two T's, two M's, dot T-S. And if you go to my main page in the web link, it'll take you right to my sex work page. There you and go. my Venmo is Violet Femme. There you nice. go, everybody. <laughs> Venmo Sadie Pins. Sadie Pins, go send Sadie Pins some money so we can get this freaking book down. Tony, you didn't listen. She said if she gets the money, she's not going to finish the book. Oh, quickly. damn it. <laughs> This is your podcast. I know. I have a lot going on. So don't send her money so we can get the book out. <laughs> and Miss Mariam T, how do people find you? Um, you can find Never me mind. How do people find me? No, I'm kidding. You can find me publicly assaulting Tony at every any given moment. Oh, God. Uh, um, you You're off next week, right? I get a break from you? No? Yes? Maybe You can so find well. me on my website, sheherme.com, or my Instagram, TheMariamT. I have new merch for sale. Um, also, for so my Sandy. Pardon? Love it. It's so cute. Yes, the new merch is cute. I will give you um, that. For my San Diego folks, um, we are bringing trivia back at Moe's. So I will be hosting Disney trivia outside um, on September 14th. So keep an eye out yes. for that. Yeah, Can I comment on your merch really quick? Also, I'm going to be a shady bitch. Um, Miriam is one of the few queens whose merch actually looks like them. Like the photo <laughs> on it actually looks like them. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> queens that are listening. Some of these queens. Be I love you. Um, I'm not gonna say anything. A wonderful, wonderful human Xanadu is for designing. Oh, yes, she did my, such a good job. The newest merch she did. Yes, I don't know who did my original merch. Yeah, Xanadu did she such did a good job with this. Xanadu did such a good job. Yeah. I feel like a character from the nanny. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. And how do people yeah. find you, Eric? You can find me at Instagram at Party Bear Eric. And thank you, Lex and Sadie, for coming today. This yes. has been one of my favorite episodes. Mine too. Yes. Mine too. Thank you, guys. Thank you to everybody who's been watching and listening. Make sure you comment below. If you have questions for Sadie and Lex, send them in the comments. Send us an email at thegang at whoinvitedher.net because we are definitely going to have the both of them back on um, for a part two of this episode. So send any questions, any comments you have. Comment on YouTube um, with any questions you have. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get podcasts. And you can watch us every Saturday live 1230 on our YouTube channel, Who Invited Her Podcast. You can follow the podcast on Instagram. It is Who Invited Her S. Who invited her underscore podcast? We are who invited her SD on Facebook and Twitter. Our email is the gang at who invited her.net. I don't know why I keep forgetting it every week. We've been saying it for almost three years. Idiot! You know what? <laughs> Shut her mic off. She's canceled. Shut her mic off. I'm canceling Miss Miriam Who? Miss Miriam Who? <laughs> you can watch us also on Out at TV app. Um, and the Now Trending app. You can watch us there every Saturday, live at 12.30. Um, that is it for us. Thank you, Lex and Sadie. It has been an awesome episode with you, and I cannot wait for part two of this interview. Can Eddie Danger be on it, too? I know, Eddie Danger. Oh, Eddie, oh. I love Eddie. He's so yes. fun. But everybody, we will see you next week, and Bash should be here next week, hopefully. Um, but we will see you later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you.